Hey, welcome to the Risen Nation Church podcast. We're so happy you've joined us. We at Risen Nation Church believe that we are called to prepare a place for God's presence and God's people. If you'd like more information on how to connect or volunteer or even to partner with us in this season, you can find out more information at risennation.org. We hope you enjoy today's message. But we, uh, we're going to then bring some good news into it, all right? We've been contending. We've been raising money. We raised $70,000 in two weeks. And uh, yes, exciting, exciting. Just keep that heart that's to clap. Just keep that. Everyone's like, oh, no. Um, there's a communion bread on the ground here. Uh, so... We, I said, not polished today. I feel like just sitting in the living room with family. But as we began the week of Christmas, complications began to arise with the city, kind of like the first time when we first tried to go to Grapevine two years ago, I think it was. Um, and we, had, we actually had bought chairs. We did all this stuff two years ago, and then Grapevine was like, we're gonna charge you $2,000 a service if you guys meet in there and we're like, we're good. So, um, but this time it was a little bit different because everything that's going on with the building seemed amazing, so much favor, $70,000 in two weeks. Like, God, you're obviously in this. You're obviously doing something. And really for probably about a year, like I would go in, you can ask our leaderships. We would go in, we would pray about the building. I would seek God about it. And the common theme was, is we're not hearing anything. So really what we, what we followed was favor, we followed grace, we followed peace. Sometimes his voice is as simple as peace. But God has a way of putting you into like a, a corner to where you have to trust him, right? So our current building that we're sitting in was actually purchased as of last Wednesday by another church. So we have to be out come the end of January. Um, but with my uncle's building, what we ended up finding out as we got into the nitty gritty of the city is that we simply weren't told everything that we should have been told in the beginning. And this is not, my, my uncle doesn't know what's going on. My uncle is my uncle, we're in relationship, and he answers to a board and is it accountable to people just as I am. But when we got into it, we realized that just we should have been told things and it wasn't anyone's fault. It was just that, things like this happen. And so with the city, we realized that with what we would have to do to get that specific room up to code, we simply don't have the time nor the resources to do it. And then that chapel that we were gonna meet in, kind of in the interim, don't be so sad, it's gonna get better, okay? Everyone's like. <laughs> the chapel that we were gonna meet in, we also found out what we were told about it being up to code is not up to code. So I'm coming to you today as your pastor, gonna be extremely transparent to you and tell you that God is speaking to me finally about the building through this. And here's the good news. Tomorrow, and I wasn't gonna, honestly, I wasn't gonna tell you till next week because you know wisdom would say, let's have another place we're going to. And I thought, no, 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 that's not how family works. And God said, you're not gonna do it like that. You're gonna invite everybody into the journey that we are on as a church. And if you don't you know, wanna believe with us and you want a more secure place to go, I'm telling you, the church has nothing to do with buildings. And so, so with my uncle, my uncle is like, you know, 
his heart is going out to us. He's like, I'll do anything you want. Because I'm going, Uncle Benny, this is the conversation I'm having with my uncle. How am I going to tell these people that just sowed $70,000 into a location that the carpet's been pulled out from underneath us and there's no way we're going to be able to go to that location? And he's like, I'll do a video for you. I'll come to the church. I'm like, that's, we'll be fine. But something that we, that him and I talked about is that legacy is not based on physical buildings. Legacy is about people, it's about generations. And so he said to me, listen, if you can't meet there because of the city, then I can't meet there because of the city. And that was the reason that I had to stop anyways. So I'll just go where you go and continue to hold services and do all of those things. And so we're still gonna be connected with my uncle. There is something that the Lord is doing in this house and in our family that I believe there's a, a generational anointing that God wants to release with my dad, with my uncle, it's the Lord is doing something. And there's a chance he might be here actually this month, but we're not gonna announce that yet until I have a confirmation from that man, okay? Um, so I thought I'd just maybe get your hopes up, but they might be crushed, so just don't freak out. Um, but here's the good news. Through that process, we have smart, wise people outside of me um, in our team. And we continually, because we didn't hear, thus saith the Lord, you know, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, although I'm a millennial and I'm technically a part of our young adult group, I, I am not gonna be a millennial that just says God said every single day when it's just a, something that maybe he said. I'm gonna value God's voice so much, protect it so much, because what I hear today is, man, hey, God said, God said. I'm like, you, say, you said God said 48 times today. Like really make sure that God is saying because people make a lot of decisions on God said and when you pull the God card, you're, I mean, you're stuck now. So we didn't pull that card. We stayed humble and obedient to exactly what he was saying. And so through that process of following the peace, following the favor, Lord, you obviously were in it. You gave us the money like that and it was easy. We continue to look for properties and places. So we found in, a, in one complex in South Lake, okay, which is literally four minutes from the building in Grapevine, and the exact, it was 24 minutes from here to my uncle's building, it's 24 minutes to this other place. It's in South Lake, I love South Lake Boulevard, I don't know if anybody likes the South Lake Town Center. See, I come from Orange County, California, so people are like, I want land and cows. I'm like, I want restaurants and stores. Um, <laughs> Bougie, that's fine, yeah. I just, I don't know how to take care of land and cows. I would get a spider bite and have a panic attack. <laughs> For real. When spiders crawl in the house, my wife and I are both up on the couch. I'm like, babe, you get it. I'm not like this whole, like, I'm the man, I'm gonna kill this. You kill the spider. And then William comes with a toy hammer and starts beating the heck out of it. The man of the house. Um, anyways, don't know how we got there. So we found these, these places, and honestly, it's a better situation. So tomorrow, we're going to go look at these two spaces. We're going to pick one. These people have been so accommodating. We're not going to have the issues with the city. Both of them actually had churches in there prior. It might be smaller than what we're getting, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to create hunger. So if we have to pile in a room that seats only 300 people, we'll do that. And we're going to, here's the good news, is that it'll be ours 24 hours a day, seven days a week with our sign on it, and we can do our prayer and worship sets, everything that we've wanted to do in this location. And all we're doing is wherever the cloud goes, like they said in the Old Testament, we're gonna follow, amen? And so don't be discouraged because I really believe this is gonna happen tomorrow and we will have an update for you this week. But 
The Lord is speaking to me through this. Okay, so be encouraged. Are you encouraged? Don't be sad. It's okay. Nothing is changing, and nothing in the kingdom is dependent on physical walls. Absolutely nothing. Amen? All right, so I, I want you to write down in your notes, I want you to write down fed by mystery. I usually don't have like sermon titles. Joey asks me after the Sunday, bro, give me a title for the week. I'm like on Thursday. I'm like, okay, I think I got it. But today the Lord is being very, very specific. And what he said to me shook me and, uh, and actually contradicted what I thought, which is a good thing. And how many of you know this word is not a, a book of rules, of regulations, of do's and don'ts. It's a book that is his voice, right? It's not like an instruction manual that we follow. It's his voice. So God will tell you something like, listen, I want you to save everything you have in December, but then come January, he might say, give it all away, just because he can. And he con- sometimes it's like, Lord, you're contradicting what you told me to do last month. And he's going, the point is not actually doing what I'm saying. The point is listening and changing, if you must, based on what I'm saying. It's all about God's voice. So it was, it was December 13th. Cody, raise, stand up really quick, Cody. I want to share this testimony. This is Cody. What is this, your third time here? Fourth, third time. Everyone say, hi, Cody. Okay, Cody is a man of God, all right? December 13th, you can sit down now. Yeah, thank you, bro. I mean, you can come up the whole time if you want, just sit. No, sit down. Um, <laughs> so December 13th, we, we had our Christmas play where Jacob was crawling across stage and G-Man broke the power and um, it was a great play. It was amazing. Um, but that morning, I woke up really early that morning, and I've shared this with some, of our, with some of our people. But I woke up that morning, and this is before we had begun the building fund. And, and in that season, see, we're in, we've been in a season of testing, okay? And, and, and again, I want you guys to take notes, and I want you to dwell on this on your own time, because I don't know this, like, this God who's like a tooth fairy. I know a God who is God, and, and sometimes the young generation, if the, if the slightest thing happens, we think, well, that can't, that can't be God. But the God that I know will chasten you because he loves you. The God that I know will prepare your heart because he wants you to carry something that'll require purity, right? So, so it was probably 5.30 in the morning. I wake up, it's storming outside, and I am writing down in my, in my and I'm gonna, explain to you why I had Cody stand in a second, but I'm writing down in my journal being very vulnerable before the Lord. And, and at that time, we had two weeks in a row where we couldn't pay our rent and we couldn't pay our, our, our payroll back to back. Now, here's the amazing testimony. December, not only did we raise 70,000, but we kept up with everything the entire time. So something has shifted, something happened, but December 13th, it was really rough because it was two weeks back to back. And And when I left Lifestyle, when I stepped out of the boat and we started this church in 2019, we had nothing. My wife and I decided to step out not able to be on salary or do anything like that. We were, it was 100% faith. And my uncle was so strategic in it that the day after we decided we were gonna 
step out in faith. He's at my dad's house. He points at me and prophesies over me exactly what we're stepping into. And so when we stepped in, we saw the Lord do an amazing work and an amazing thing. And then all of a sudden, it was like, man, we were struggling at every point, every corner, every turn. Like blessing became nothing. And all of the thoughts start creeping in of, Lord, did we do something wrong? Have we missed it? What's going on? And all of the natural questions that happen in a human heart that has replaced trusting him with all the stuff that's around you. And so I get up that morning and I, and I write in my journal, Lord, I need your help because I have no idea what I'm doing. This is December, December 13th. I have no idea what I'm doing. I need your help. We are struggling, right? So I come to church. I watch Ellie, my little chubby daughter, do the Christmas play, and, I'm, and I could care about, I don't care about anything in the world. I'm happy. I'm a mess. My dad gets up and preaches exactly what's in our heart. And that morning, God led me to, to Psalms 81. And Psalms 81 says this. You don't have to turn there because I'm just building a foundation of where we're going. Okay, so I'm like being, you know, a baby, right, that morning. And I'm before the Lord and I'm like, Lord, this, there's something wrong. I need your help. And I'm writing in my journal, I need your help. And he leads me to Psalms 81, which says this. I removed his, his shoulder from the burden. His hands were freed from the baskets. You called in trouble and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Mariba. Mariba means contention, strife, conflict, and contradiction. I'm speaking to you in the midst of what seems contradicting. So then you, then you look at the, I'm gonna speak to you in this secret place of thunder, and I started looking up how thunder, what, what causes it. And, and as lightning strikes, God will give you a vision and everyone sees it and it's exciting and it's new and it shakes everything and wakes you up. But then there's that point of waiting until you hear the thunder and how thunder comes is, is it follows, the sound that follows the bolt of lightning because it doesn't travel as fast as the speed of light causes friction in the air. And as it expands the friction, you can tell how close the storm is with how quickly the thunder comes, right? So if the storm is so far off, you have to wait a little bit longer and then it comes. But he says, in that friction place, in that in-between place, in that place where I've showed you something great, but then I made you wait. Like how many of you love when someone comes and prophesies over you your destiny and then 40 years later, you haven't seen it yet? That's like everyone's story. Like I'm, I'm excited about prophecy and I love prophecy, but the danger in prophecy that isn't actually onto him, the danger in it is that you will try to achieve something that a man said and based your whole life on the word of a man rather than saying, God, if none of that happens, my life is okay because I found a well to drink at that'll never run dry. Right, so we had this big vision, all this stuff, and I'm struggling, and it's December 13th, and the Lord is like, I'm gonna speak to you in the secret place of friction and delay. And will you be one that says, when everything isn't making sense, you're gonna say, no, 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 but I hear a sound coming. I saw something, and I hear a sound coming. Right, so then we have service. My dad preaches on contradiction. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I lay on the floor and he doesn't know what's wrong with me. He has no idea what's happening to his son. And I'm getting destroyed by God. And then Cody walks up to me after service. 
This is, this is a testimony I've yet to share with you. And he's got tears in his eyes. He said, you were watching my Uncle Benny, right? And you closed your eyes or something, and the Lord showed you me and said, go to his church. I have a gift for you there. So he shows up at our play, and his first encounter with Risen Nation Church is us dressed in sheep's clothing crawling across the stage, right? But then we began to worship, and God hit you and encountered you. And he came up to me, and he said, After, while we were worshiping, the Lord gave me a word for you. And he said, go tell my son that I, this is this kid that I don't know, said, go tell my son that when he, I saw him write down, Lord, I need your help. Bless you, bro. <laughs> I thought about, you know that verse that says, be mindful of who you entertain. Unknowingly, you could be entertaining angels. I thought, bro, this kid is not real. I don't know who this person is. <laughs> so I show him my, my journal, that entry from that morning where I said, Lord, I need your help. And he said, the Lord's responding to you. Two minutes later, I get pulled aside by someone that says, hey, someone stepped up. They wanna sow $25,000 as a donation match into the building fund. And everything from that moment has shifted. Everything from that moment has shifted. And so he's testing us in the midst of contradiction to see if we will respond with delightful waiting. Right, Isaiah 40, 31 says this, those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. Listen, I believe that this was the whole point of 2020, was just that, who will wait on him? I mean, the whole year was cleansing. The whole year was purifying. Who will remain simple and single in the midst of, of questions back in April when we saw everything shut down and we had just started and everything shut down and I didn't know if we were gonna have any church come back when we started again. The Lord led us as a family to Joshua 3, 5, which says, Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. That word sanctify means come and be separate, consecrate holy and purify, it's exactly what he's doing. He's purifying our hearts in the waiting so we are able to carry the glory that's coming, right? Without attempting to take ownership of it, a humble, dependent, hungry people. Listen, revivals have ended because man tried to take image. Man tried to take possession of something that only God was doing. But there is now a day that we are in where God is going to stir glory. God is going to stir revival like we've never seen through a hungry, dependent people. And as he comes and he feeds us with himself, the more hungry and dependent we will become. This is the only thing that'll keep revival from never ending. It is the only thing. So listen, through all the complications that we saw and everything that started happening, it all started happening on that Christmas day. So I'm, I'm bringing you through one kind of big story today, if that's okay, of my life. If, if just, I'm gonna let you into some of the stuff that I go through. So Monday the 28th, okay, I, now I had been in, the Lord is already speaking to me, like, you know, sometimes I'm a little dumb, okay, I'm just, and it just takes a little bit more to get in there. I couldn't read till I was in third grade. I got terrible grades in school. I've never been good at things that have to do with my brain function, okay? But you give me a Bible, I'll love his word, and somehow he'll come out. 
okay? But he had been telling me, I'm testing you in contradiction because what I want you to carry, what I want the purity of this church to carry, I have to keep it pure. Do I need to use this? Yes, Jathan? Yeah, okay. Is the TV still on? Trying to creep through? Gosh. He told me a story that one time he was doing sound and uh, a Spanish channel started coming through the, through the mic. That would make today weird. So, I mean, God bless you if you watch the Spanish channel. Yeah. <laughs> so Monday the 28th, I go into my closet. Thanks, Jeremy. And, uh, and now I had been going through all of these, these things and Tanner and I and, and our team were talking about the reality of this isn't gonna work. And I'm going, how do I tell the people this? So I go into my room Monday the 28th and when I walk into my secret place, it was as if I lost him. I mean, it scared me. You can ask my wife, it was the worst day that I've ever had in my entire life. Now I know that this, you know, all of you guys don't have bad days, all you Christians, but the God I know will take me through something to show me something about himself. <laughs> we don't like a God that's in control of our lives. We're in control. No, you're not. <laughs> Does he cause bad things and cancers to happen? Absolutely not. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but God comes to give us life and life more abundantly, okay? But, 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 can we be sons, mature sons of God that would say, Lord, I'm gonna love the chastening of your word. And I'm willing to walk through something so that greater glory, and we're gonna see it in a second in Psalms 107, but the whole point is that when the wise observe what God is doing, the result is you see his loving kindness. Okay, so I go in and I like encountered nothing. It was the strangest day of my life. I haven't felt that since I was in high school living in sin. But yet there was this craving in my heart. There was this longing in my heart for him like I had never encountered. I so desperately wanted the touch of God that it was ruining my day. Like anyone ever been starving? Maybe on a Sunday when I go a long time. And I mean, you just hear about food. You just get around the smell of food and your, your mouth is salivating because you're like, if I could just have a taste of the donut. <laughs> but I mean, this starvation hit my heart and nothing that I could do that day satisfied. I mean, I did the religious routine. I was on my face. I, I prayed and I did the repeating prayers and, and I listened to the right songs and I came out and my wife is so sweet. She's scratching my back. She knows that something's wrong with me. She can always tell when something is trying to hinder my intimacy with God. Because I come out and I don't know what's, I, I can't seem to find what I need to be satisfied. And, and the reality is, is in a, as amazing as this season is, even with all the stuff happening with the building, even with all of the confusion in the city, and Lord, what on earth are you doing? With all of that, the reality is, is we have had the greatest year of our entire lives. 
I have a strong, healthy family. I had a new little cute baby boy. I, I am blessed. I have a, we have a growing church. We raised $70,000 without having the slightest idea of what we're doing. Like, Lord, surely you are involved in this house. We've never, I, I learned the word campaign. I thought campaign was something you do on Xbox. All the gamers in the room know what I'm talking about. But listen, I had questions about the building. I had questions of, Lord, what is going on? And I just, I didn't know what was wrong because nothing situationally was depressing me or making me happy. I was longing for him and I couldn't find him. So he led me later in the day to Deuteronomy 8. And I want you guys to go there. And he spoke to me. <laughs> so I, when I'm, I'm not over-exaggerating. When I say that I've never dealt with depression. Like I, I've, I just, maybe discouragement, maybe confusion, but I mean, something was attacking me. And here's where he led me, just so subtly. Deuteronomy 8 says this. I'm gonna start in verse two and read through verse three. It says this, and you shall remember the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years. I wanna slow down because I want you to see. Everyone say, he led me. Okay, so he led them in something that they didn't like. I led you these 40 days in the wilderness to humble you and to test you. Now, I'm not very good with like chapter, verse, and scripture. So when God leads me somewhere, I usually don't know what it says, just to be honest. So when God led me to Deuteronomy 8 and I saw this, I freaked. Here's what it says. To humble you and to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Verse three. So he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna. That word manna in Hebrew means, what is it? That word manna literally means, I fed you with what you didn't understand. I fed you with mystery. And it says, which you did not know, nor even your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. As soon as I finished reading it, I heard the Lord say, so you want to build a dwelling place for me? And here's what he said next. He yelled passionately and said, I don't care about a building. I'm after your heart. Just like that. <laughs> he said, I don't care about a building. It's your heart I want. And I heard it so clear. Tell me, son, what is the strength of your life? Just like that. Tell me, tell me, Chip, what is the strength of your life? It's what he's saying to every single one of us. I could give a rip about where you go. Did you find me along the way? Now, I, I'm, I believe he has a place picked out for us, okay? I know, like, we want to go into the right city and bless the city, but you are the city. 
You are the building. No matter what city, like there's a reason why we don't all live in the same city so that every city we live in can get the gospel. Come on, you are a city set on a hill, the light of the world. God doesn't dwell in temples made with human hands. They tried that for generations and it never pleased him. He sought a people that would be his. So after he yells it at me, he yells it at me, my eyes go back and I read it again. You led me this entire time to humble me and to test me. (laughs) He humbled you, verse three, and allowed you to hunger, feeding you with confusion. And I thought, wait a minute, Lord. It was you making me hungry today. It was you bringing the mystery into the situation to prove to me the strength of my own life. Discouragement quickly turned into encouragement as I realized $70,000 didn't satisfy me. I'm thankful that it came, but it didn't fulfill anything in me. My own family, as much as I adore them, couldn't satisfy me that day. Nothing I did removed the fog. It wasn't until I heard his voice that life came back to me again. I thought, Lord, this has been it all along. You allowed me to hunger, to expose my heart, and I realized I really do love you more than anything. And a subtle response, see, it always, the test always brings his loving kindness. And the subtle response of I'm proud of what I found. (laughs) You see, God told Abraham, I want you to take your son Isaac up a mountain. And I want you to kill him. God had no intention of killing Abraham's firstborn. None whatsoever. And he wanted to show Abraham, you see, God knows all things. He knows the hearts of men. He knows what's in us. He knows what our motive is. He knows what, what, we, what we think. I mean, the, this man knows our sitting down, our laying and going to sleep, our getting up. He, he calculates our steps. He numbers every single hair on our head. He knows everything about me, in me, and through me. He knows all of it. He is the one that holds me together by the word of his power. And so he's telling Abraham, listen, Abraham, I'm not gonna show you, I don't need you to prove something to me because I don't serve a God that bases my life on performance. But here's what he's showing Abraham. Abraham, I'm gonna cause you to go up that mountain and learn something about you. Abraham, I'm gonna send you up there and I'm gonna expose something in your heart that will encourage you when you learn it about yourself. That you really believe me, Abraham, that you really rely on me. He's preparing our hearts as the dwelling place. It has nothing to do with a building. Listen, he's forming a trust and a hope in us that will usher in power through dependency. This is what hunger means. Hunger is humility and it is dependency. Hunger is not a people that accomplish things through our good programs, through our tithes and our offerings. You guys are not tithing units. I can't stand that kind of lingo in church. You are the people of the most high God and what gives us power is dependency. Come on, it's not about where we meet. He also said, It's about who I am to you and who you are to me. Dwell, I dwell in the encounter one onto another. 
Bill Johnson says it like this, because listen, he's feeding us with mystery to keep us dependent. He's cornering us to go, am I the way yet? Like, think about how much God, he is God. Think about how much you are not in charge. David said, behold, I am small. A king, you think you've got everything, but you have nothing without me. Bill Johnson says this, sometimes we are asking for an explanation to a situation that we are in, but he desires to keep it a mystery so that out of the mystery, we come into an understanding that is higher than what we're asking. You missed it, I'm gonna read it again. Bill is really good. Sometimes we are asking for an explanation to a situation that we are in, but he desires to keep it a mystery. So that out of the mystery, we come into an understanding that is higher than what we are asking. So when we say, where do you want us to go? What is it? What do you want from us, Lord? He responds, I'm not gonna tell you. But the end result of trusting me in the mystery is that you will come to know that you cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from my mouth. I'm gonna force you into finding the strength of your life. I'm gonna corner you in my loving kindness and test you to prove to you that me and me alone is the strength of your life, that you cannot live on bread alone. Listen, it doesn't matter if we have 70,000 or 70 million. If we don't have his voice, we have nothing. It doesn't matter if we have 100 people or 10,000 people. The Lord does not determine success by butts in a seat. Jesus had way more crowds in Galilee than he had hanging on a tree. And the greatest success the Father had ever accomplished by crucifying the Son and crushing sin and death once and for all had the smallest crowd, they all left him. And he's hanging there alone, crucified, cornered into saying, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. You are the strength of my life. He said, listen, I have food that you are not aware of. Like really, what if it was possible that as a people, we could live in this place where no matter what happens, we will not be moved. It's what he's trying to get to. That no matter what you have or you don't have, like Bill Johnson says, what amount of money is too much money? Whatever amount replaces trust. I got my nest egg in savings so I can live a little bit. What if God said, give it all away? Psalms 107, really quick. Here's what it says, Psalms 107, 33. Now, I, when I tell you that I wrote down what he said, what he was saying, this was a continual. It wasn't just, I don't care about the building, I'm after your heart. He led me through scripture to prove something to me. Psalms 107, 33 says this, he turns rivers into a wilderness and water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of those who dwell in it. He turns a wilderness into pools of water. So now he's turning what's nothing into something. 
and dry land into water springs, there, everyone say there, there he makes the hungry dwell. He continually is talking to me about we have a desire here to be a dwelling place for the Lord. Here's how you're going to find it. There I make the hungry dwell that they may establish a city for a dwelling place. Jumping down to verse 38, he also blesses them and they multiply greatly and he does not let their cattle decrease when they are diminished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow, he pours contempt on his princes and causes them to wander. He causes them. I think sometimes we give way too much credit to a devil. The Bible says that he ordains the steps of the righteous. Like, I understand that there's a difference between being in control and being in charge. I'm in charge in my house, but my son punching Ellie when I'm not looking, I don't have control over that. Right? I'm not saying that God causes bad things to happen to us, but when it comes to the assignment on my life, as long as my heart is his, I can't take a misstep. I remember when I was trying to decide between what do I do? Do I, do I go and just launch this church or do I stay in what's comfortable where there's money? My dad said it like this to me, son, is your heart after God? I said, of course, my heart's after God. He said, if you go through the left door or you go through the right door, the lobby is still the same when your heart's after God. Like, what if a heart after God can't misstep? What if it's not as delicate as we think? We sit in rooms saying, Lord, what do you want? What do you want? And he's saying, just drink from the well. So basically what he's saying here in Psalms 107 well, actually, verse 43 says this, whoever is wise will observe these things and they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. So what is he saying? I have the power to make something nothing and nothing something. And it's there, it's in the fact that I am God and you are not. I will make dependency your dwelling place. You see, I think God's giving us a building and the building is gonna be called dependent on him. A city called humble dependency on him and nothing else. You wanna build a place for me? Here's how. The hungry, listen, write this down. The hungry are given the unique privilege of establishing a city. Write it down. The hungry are given the unique privilege privilege of establishing a city. See, the Lord is trying us. He's trying us in what we teach here. He's testing us in, in this idea of, okay, you want to build a place for me. Here's how you're going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and the encouragement is this, the testing always exposes his loving kindness towards us that's why the wise figure it out according to verse 40, 43. The wise are those that calculate everything he's saying and doing and okay with the testing. Luke 41, 49 through 43, Mary is singing a song and she says, for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty one from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has filled the dependent with good things. 
and the rich, he has sent them away empty. Listen, the only way you are leaving today feeling empty is you came in too full for him to pour. The only way that we come into meetings and we don't have the encounter with God that we desire to have is because we came in with too many things. Man, I feel like the Lord is, he's been saying it to me, but forgive me for even thinking that I am the cause of anything good in my life. Forgive me for even thinking that I am the cause of anything good in my life. You see, if I'm not careful, I might think, man, we raised 70,000 because I'm anointed. Wrong. Leaving dependence is to give the place that belongs to God to another. So here's the point. It's not about figuring out where to go. It's about remaining dependent on him. It's not about getting to a destination. It's about holding his hand along the way. Michael says it like this, my cousin, he is not a means to a destination. He is a destination. People like Catherine Coleman would talk about the secret of his power and say things like the secret of his power is not understanding his power, it's yielding to it. I need to say that again because you feel the Lord on that one because Catherine Coleman said it. She would float around on stage. The secret to God's power is not coming into an understanding of God's power. That would make you God. The secret to God's power being released through your life is saying, I have nothing to give. And yielding to him and to him alone. If Jesus himself said, I do nothing, I don't see the Father doing. I don't say anything, I don't hear the Father saying. Man, Christians say so many, you never stop talking sometimes. What if quietness is where power is found? What if quiet trust, like the word says, is where power is found that says, Lord, I welcome the testing of your spirit. Again, passionately, he spoke to me New Year's Eve night, right before midnight. I've never, I'm telling you, for one year, I heard nothing about the building, nothing, purposefully from the Lord. And all of a sudden, in like three days, I can't keep up. You can ask my wife. I had paper. I like paper. I had paper all over my desk with just stuff he was saying. I couldn't keep up with it. And I heard on New Year's Eve, right before midnight, I heard, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Thought, what does this have to do with the building? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see me. John 2, 23, and if I could have the whole worship team come back up. John 2, 23 through 25 says this. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. What, what is it saying? Everyone, I need your undivided attention. It's just a worship team walking up. Here. John 2, 23 through 25, they didn't believe in his name until they saw what he did. They didn't believe him. They believed his works, but they didn't believe him. And so what does he say? He says, but Jesus did not commit or entrust himself to them. The Lord used Gabriel to speak that to me. I thought, my God, 
here's another young guy <laughs> the Lord's speaking through. He said, bro, you know what verse has been on my heart lately? And I read it and I thought, this is it. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man. He didn't need man to say how good he was. He is not insecure. Do you know that ministering to the Lord is not fulfilling security in his heart? Do you know, this is how good he is. Whether you touch his heart or not, he'll always be there for you. He knew all men had no need that anyone should testify of man for he knew what was in man. You see, I'm determined in this house that he find himself a people who are not just interested in what he does, but who he is. And he's going to entrust himself to a people that says, listen, I'm gonna entrust my power to you. I'm gonna entrust my glory to you. I'm gonna entrust my anointing to you. And I will give this house something that the world has never seen. It doesn't matter how big, it doesn't matter how small. I will cause a glory to rest on this place if this place does nothing but hunger and depend on only me for the rest of your life. Son, I will bless you. I will multiply you. I will cause that anointing that you've longed for to drip off of you. Here is the key. Find me and love me and stay close to me and I will entrust you with myself. May we never be a people that are amazed by the wonders. I've heard it said like this. He's more wonderful than his wonders, more beautiful than his creation, more powerful than his healing. He is Jesus. He is everything. We're impressed by what he does while he's impressed with us in what we don't do. The main point is this. God is looking to meet the need with himself. So here's how the God that I'm learning about works. He blesses you and then he takes something away from you. To see, do you live by what you have or what you don't have? Or do you live by me? He's giving, listen, when I need, this is the, see, this is like the silver lining of hunger. Is how do we as believers be fully satisfied and fully hungry all at the same time? Only Jesus. He says, come to me, anybody who's thirsty, and out of your belly will flow living, living waters. He says in John that if you come to me, you'll never thirst again. Yet we also see in scripture, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. So how do we stay, hung how do we stay full? You stay near him. So there's things happening in your life. Landry, I hear it for you. There's things happening in your life that don't make sense. That just when you started pursuing God more deeper and deeper, things start crashing down around you. Man, it's, it's for so many people in this house. Patty, I heard it strong for you this morning. Strong for you this morning. Lord, this is confusing. Why? Why at this age? I'm too young. You see, when we trust in him, lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways, acknowledge him. Lord, it's taken so long. What if there's a people that say, it doesn't matter. Oh, I hear a sound coming that's gonna shake everything. And the glory that God wants to bring, the glory that is gonna fall in this house, that people are just gonna drive by the building and get healed. They don't even need to come inside. 
man, that's gonna take people who are pure in heart that would never stand up and say, look at what we've done, but say, look at what he's done. If we meet in a parking lot, he'll be there. Are you, you think he needs a building? Man, this is, the Lord's showing me, this is what the church has done. You've made it about a building? Glory will fall when you get into this building. What if we met in homes? Would he not be there? Would we scatter as a church if we have nowhere to go at the end of January? You see, I was gonna wait to tell you, but the Lord said, no, through this, I'm gonna find the strength of this house. No, 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 through this, I'm gonna make you stronger than you were before because I'm not gonna give you any other option but me. You either depend or you leave. You depend or you leave. But my God, if we depend, he shall come. I believe that one of these buildings is gonna work out tomorrow in South Lake because I like South Lake and the Lord wants to give me what I want. Okay? But this is not the point. There is this weird, radical, crazy, like, you know what my dad said? He said this on on New Year's Eve. He did a service and he said, the Lord spoke to him about 2021. And here's what God said. The wild ones are coming. (laughs) The wild ones are coming. Like, you remember, the British are coming. I feel like God's going, the wild ones are coming. You better get ready. Because the wild ones that need no entrance, they need no building, they need no security, for God is their shield and their shepherd. They are coming and you will not be able to stop them because I will be the one that drips off of them. You will not be impressed by their buildings. You'll be impressed by the power that they walk in. Listen, there's a generation that doesn't care about your building. There's a young generation, listen, on, at the young adult night, man, it was the most precious, non-like crazy night. And people were there that had never given their lives to Jesus. And two of Gabriel's friends got up or one of your friends got up and two of them came and one of them said, I've never lifted my hands. I don't even know what's going on, but bro, I felt God. Another kid got saved. G-Man got up, preached the most simple gospel message you've ever heard. And there's a hunger inside of people that if we would match their hunger, we would be able to fill them with the only thing that fills us. It doesn't matter how many people, it doesn't matter how nice the building is, it doesn't matter how, many, how much money you've got. What matters to God is hearts. You are not a tithing unit. Man, I don't know why I felt like cussing after that. <sighs> Help me, Jesus. Because I'm so sick of religion. I'm so sick of us going after our numerics in church and all this, all this stuff that we do to create what we think church is. It's nothing that we've created it to be. Church is about Jesus getting all the glory, being seated on the throne of this house. Man, because religion has led us nowhere. The world is still in shambles. Creation is still groaning. And our conferences with 10,000 people have done nothing. Okay, I can feel, I need the Lord to help me because this is where people start leaving and getting offended. But listen, you can be equipped and equipped and equipped. But until you find Jesus, you've been equipped in nothing. You can know how to prophesy. You can know how to teach. You can be the best speaker in the entire world. So polished and neat and dressed like a fool to win young people. 
Put some real clothes on. Clothe yourselves with the garments of righteousness and walk in the power of God. Man, we got pastors everywhere falling and committing adultery. God is saying, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. I'm not interested in this celebrity Christianity thing. Blessed are the pure in heart. Come on, like, are, are we going to be a people that usher in the coming of the bridegroom? You know what that looks like? You know what that looks like is people that actually want him to come. You guys are getting too excited. You're getting too excited. Bro, you got that thing to work. Come on, bro. That's what I'm talking about. The Lord is changing the wineskin. He's changing the wineskin so that he can pour in new wine. And sometimes that changing of the wineskin, the expanding doesn't feel good. But my God, when the wine comes, see, Jesus saves the best for last. Like, why? Why, why did he wait? Because he can. Because he wants to make sure that you know that you cannot do this. You can't. I wrote this. I'm not like, I don't write poems, okay? But for some reason, out of this whatever I went through, I wrote this. I found a well, help me Jesus get through this. I found a well that quenched my longing soul. As you stand your feet, just, just stand your feet and then we're gonna do it. I found a well that quenched my longing soul. Close your eyes and listen. The most precious water hidden in secret that few would come to know. Surrounded it lied, a busy city consumed by commerce and trade. Yet a hidden garden in the midst was where the well was laid. When you seek it and you find it, nothing is there but a gardener waiting in quiet. One might ask, where is the well that I seek? As the gardener softly replies, here I am, come and drink. Lift your hands. We're gonna ask God that he pour his water out on us today. Come on, if anybody is thirsty, he says, come to me. Come to me and out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Come on, there is a food that will fill you forever. There is a drink that'll quench your soul forever. Luke 11 says this, he says, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me, the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. But I say to you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend yet. So listen, he's not gonna give to him only because he's his friend, but he gives to him because of the persistence. Yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he wants. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened for everyone who asks. And he who seeks finds and to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more our heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Listen, this is the silver lining of it all. He provides you with a need so that you have to ask. This is the silver lining. 
He provides you with an opportunity called need. I'm going to provide you with a need so that you're forced to come and seek and find me. And here's what you're going to find out about me is that whenever you come to me, I can't wait to pour my spirit on you. Whenever you come to me, my loving kindness will wash over you. So Lord, lift your hands, lift your hands. Lord, we say, make us thirsty in this house. Make us hungry in this house. We are not searching God for buildings and locations. Lord, we want your presence to be our location. Hey, thanks so much for joining today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed that message. If you'd like more information about our church and the events we have going on throughout the week, or even for prayer requests, you can visit us at risennation.org for more information. Grace and peace to you today.